Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing today? Well, I'm here. <laughs> you are here, Bill, and we, we certainly appreciate that. And, uh, you know, don't want to, well, I hate to start the show out on a, on a somber note, but uh, the whole WPTF family here. Uh, expresses our deepest sympathies to you as uh, we know you, you lost your brother Stephen this week and, uh, we that's, did. and um, it's very it, sad news it, it is uh, you know Steve died last weekend um, I mean he died peacefully it was you know not traumatic for him and that sort of thing and it was not totally un- unexpected although he um, you know timing is always difficult and of course the funeral is actually today so it's um, you know there's there's a lot of whenever you lose someone that you're close to um, there's heartache and it just doesn't uh, there's not anything that you can say or do that erases um, that heartache and I was uh, I was close to my brother uh, and it wasn't because he was my brother I have another brother that I'm not all that close to but uh, Steve and I were close. We were close in age, and um, uh, you know when you when you lose someone, you, the truth is, no matter how prepared you are for it, uh, it just uh, makes you numb. Uh, you you don't think clearly, um, and and it comes at a time when. Um, when you have to make decisions very quickly if you haven't uh, made arrangements in advance. Um, So actually I thought it would be helpful to – and this is not my first rodeo. It's not the first time I've I've gone through it. But it's at the same time uh, the um, emotional stress and toll that it takes is is similar each time you have a loved one – uh, who passes, and it's uh, so. Um, it's. I thought it would be helpful to talk about some of the issues uh, surrounding death and um, how to make it easier uh, on your family. Uh, I can't sit here and say I've done everything correctly. I haven't. <laughs> you know, I've I've probably been a little better prepared than some families, but uh, there are others out there that uh, probably have have done a far better job than I. Um, so, uh, but at the same time, I think it's helpful to talk about in terms of of what we need to do and. One of the things that I think is important um, just to start off is um, to recognize that when you lose a loved one that you it really sort of takes over. You don't think clearly. When I say you feel numb, you really do. And part of that numbness is it just sort of wax your brain a little bit. <laughs> so – um, the the one of the first things that any good professional will tell you is not to make major decisions quickly. Um, in other words, hold off. Uh, and for some, and and it varies for how long you should avoid major decisions. For some folks, it might be a month or two or three. For other th- folks, it it could be easily a year and sometimes even longer a year. It just really. 
depends upon the circumstances. But the the general advice of not making major decisions, if you're the decision maker, not making major decisions, I think is is really one of the most important things for folks um, to understand. Um, you know, it's it's the kind of thing where if you were wondering about whether to sell the house and and those kind of things, like I said, you need to chill out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, if if it were a matter of you know starting a new business or a new job or uh, you know uh, a relationship or whatever, you know, it's it's just the kind of thing where you need to to uh, chill out until you really are thinking clearly again. And that, like I said, how long uh, might uh, uh, be different for other folks, but. You know, this will sound uh, funny, and I, uh, in ways, I guess, and and that is, you, you don't, even though you're in a funk, you don't necessarily have to be depressed about a person's death. You know, when my mother died in 2008, um, and I was her caretaker as well. You know, uh, you know, for folks who've heard this show enough. They realized that I, I was my brother's caretaker as as well, and I can talk about that story. But uh, the bottom line is that um, um, when my mother died, we were driving down uh, actually to the funeral, and you know I was pretty much in charge, and I was in a funk. And I just had a call out of the blue. It was like the Lord was looking after me, and it was like uh, a friend of mine from Atlanta that I hadn't talked to in years, and he had no clue about my mother. And he said, you know, when my grandmother died, uh, we just had a party. And said, you know, we realized that instead of moping around, we should celebrate her life. She lived a great life, and we had a big family, and and we just sort of had to twist our thinking about instead of moping around, we just we needed to celebrate and party about her life. And and it was it came at the perfect time for me. It was like, dang, that's exactly right. And it just totally changed my mood for my mother's funeral from one that. Where I was just out of sorts and depressed. To this, this is okay. You know, we're <laughs> my mother was wonderful, and of course, the same thing was true for my brother. He was a wonderful man, uh, and um, he had a very, very difficult life. And I, you know, I know we have to take a break and that sort of thing, but I, I can talk about that. And then some of the things that we need to do um, as it relates to to helping our our families uh, through this time. Yes, those, those are all very key. And it, as you said, it, uh, it has to do a lot with perspective and sort of riding, riding those waves of emotion because they, they certainly come at you. Well, we'll continue our conversation right after this. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Bill Alexander. Stick around on News Radio 680 WPTF.
You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Thank you so much for joining us today. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And uh, again, Bill, uh, on behalf of the WPTF family here, we do want to extend our deepest sympathies to you and your family on the, the passing of your brother, Stephen. And we're um, we're taking our time today to discuss issues related to death and to caregiving. So uh, I'll let you continue to steer the ship here. Well, I mean, one of the things that um, most folks um, are not ready. I mean, it doesn't matter when it comes. Uh, and there are a lot of things that you avoid doing because you're, you, you're optimistic and it's like, well, it's not going to happen soon. Um, and so when it does happen, it always – I mean, it's like even if you're on your deathbed, when – it actually comes, it's like, well, dang, I didn't think it would come at this point. (laughs) So the bottom line is, is that if you're the decision maker in the family, you have to make decisions and do things very quickly. Now, you know, uh, sometimes it's not clear. And for me, uh, it was like, Making funeral arrangements for my brother, um, and of course it's easy when you're in charge. You know, when you have siblings and you have to negotiate things, it can be far more difficult. Okay, so oftentimes if you have direction from the deceased on what they want, it really makes a big difference. Well, my my brother was not one who could make those kind of decisions. So for me, it was relatively easy, uh, even though there was conflict. My brother, who is an old banker, you know, and he's a tightwad. I mean, I'm a tightwad, but he's worse than me. And it was like, oh, you're going to have him cremated, aren't you? Like, you know, you're not going to take away my inheritance by spending all that money on a regular traditional funeral. And I said, "Mm, mm, 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 nope. Uh, I'm going to make decisions based upon what mom, my mother, would – our mother uh, would have wanted for Steve, um, you know. And truth is, uh, years ago, uh, there, we, the family, my parents, set up a trust for him, and I've managed that trust. I've also managed his care as well. Uh, when my when my brother, I mean, this is part of the story. Go back to the story. When my brother was injured, I mean, he was unconscious for six and a half weeks, and it was a total miracle that he um, survived. I mean, he was an athlete and a, an extraordinary an extraordinary athlete before his accident, which saved his life. If you get right down to it. But none of his doctors expected him to live through it. And um, he was run over on I-95 while changing a tire. He was actually traveling from Alexandria, Virginia, down to Chapel Hill to interview for the dental school there. Um, And he was only doing that because uh, uh, he couldn't get a job in marine biology, which is what his first love. That's what he really wanted to do. (laughs) But... But the bottom line is uh, when uh, my brother was lying in uh, an unconscious, I prayed to the Lord that if he let my brother live, that I would always be there for him and take care of him. And so I, 
I've done that, and I feel good about uh, what I've done through the years for my brother. Um, But, I mean, for instance, some of the things that you have to do quickly, and I mean, for me, I mean, even though I made that decision to have a traditional funeral for my brother, and of course, um, uh, my parents had a grave plot for him, so it wasn't like we had to go out and buy a grave plot. We didn't. We had one. But one of the things uh, I had to do was to write an obituary, and I had to do it quickly. It was like we were uh, uh, driving immediately down to the funeral home to make arrangements, and it's, a, it, it's like, oh, by the way, you have to have us an obituary by 1 o'clock today <laughs> so it can be in the paper tomorrow uh, because, uh, you know, so that folks will know about the funeral and, and that sort of thing. So the bottom line is I only had a, a, a you know, the, when did I find that out was when we had already left to go to the funeral home. So I had the time between the time we left and the time we arrived to uh, to write, Hopefully, a good obituary for my brother, and I, I felt good about what I did. But you know, an obituary is something that's really important. Not only of two, I mean, it's important because it's the last memorial, if you will, for a loved one. So it's something that should be well written. Uh, and so the pressure was on. <laughs> And so it was like, oh, my gosh. And so what time did we arrive to the funeral home? But a quarter of one. And so I had, you know, it was <laughs> it was like one o'clock was the deadline where they had to have it into the paper so it would be published the next day. And it just sort of blew my mind. I mean, did I think about that? Of course I didn't think about that until I was told. It's like, okay, start writing. And uh, and so it was it was it and and of course the other thing too and and you have to understand I've been doing this a long time I know costs and things like that but even for those of us who are uh, you know advise folks you can be surprised with costs and uh, the funeral expenses uh, for for us were exactly what I thought they would be but. Then I go to the to the cemetery, and you know, knowing that we already have um, a grave, it's like okay, this is going to be easy. But the cost of the marker just blew me away. Uh, I mean, twenty seven hundred dollars for a marker, Whew. and it was like, oh well, we can we you know we can go to a different provider, but they're all within a hundred dollars of each other, and it was like. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, you know, cha-ching, uh, the cost of the funeral just went from ten thousand to fourteen thousand. You know, it was like okay. And then, of course, obituaries—the um, cost of obituaries—and of course, in this area, Raleigh, they're even more expensive. Um, uh, I mean, obviously, we tried to make it nice, and in uh, in the other two papers that I used, the cost was two hundred and two hundred fifty dollars. Here, it was eight hundred and fifty dollars. So there again, you know, cha ching, cha ching. Um, the cost can be very surprising to you. So I mean, obviously, for some families, the cost is a crucial 
thing because for a lot of families, there is no money left or very little money left. You know, fortunately for Steve, we had a trust, and so I'm not worried about what it costs. But at the same time, you still want those decisions not to be made out of emotion, but basically prudently made because, you know, when you go to a funeral home, you're typically put on a guilt trip. Oh, don't you want something much nicer for your wife or your husband or your brother? Uh, You know, and so even with a very inexpensive casket compared to all the others, (laughs) you know, and, you know, all of that good stuff, it still gets to be very, very expensive. And truthfully, if you're going to have, you know, one of the choices that people make today is to have a cremation, but they still have a viewing. In other words, they rent a casket, they have uh, the body um, prepared, uh, and then um, so they have a viewing. And then after that, the body is cremated and the ashes you know, done whatever the family wants to do. You know, if, if, you know, there are a lot of folks who have a grave and put ashes at the grave and other folks spread the ashes wherever they think it's appropriate. And other folks, you know, have a nice, um, what do you call it? A pet, you know. Urn. Urn. Yep. Thank you. Um, uh, and they just keep it in the house. <laughs> so, uh, you know, lots, lots of different things. Um uh, and, and I know we have to take another break. And there are other issues that I want to explain, a lot of different things that when we come back. Yeah, and those, uh, those hidden issues or those things that pop up that you weren't anticipating, they can certainly add up. And we'll get to those right after this. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find more about Bill, you can head over to WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website, WGALaw.com. You can find plenty of information there on the uh, seminars that Bill holds the second Wednesday of every month. You can find information there about scheduling an appointment with him. You can even check out his podcast that he has, which will go over many of the same topics that we discuss on this show, Bill. And uh, today's topic, of course, we're talking about uh, issues related to death. And you uh, explained some of the things that you were surprised with this past week. Of course, um, uh, we're, we're talking about the passing of your brother. And again, we extend our uh, most heartfelt sympathies to you and your family. Um, okay, Jason, you've said that three times. That's enough. You're good. You know, people just don't know. I mean, truthfully, uh, it is nice for folks to express their sympathies and condolences, and it does make a difference. And, it, and truthfully, it doesn't matter what you say. It's just the fact that you care. Uh, that's really the only thing that's important uh, because, uh, you know, that's um, – it, it really makes very little difference um, the words you use because most folks really don't know how – to say what they feel uh, when it comes to trying to console or express sympathies. But like I said, it really doesn't matter. And I get it. So, okay. <laughs> well, now, sure. let's go back. And, okay, one of the things that might interest folks is what happens, 
you know, at the hospital when someone dies. And, and um, Steve died at Rex Hospital. They did a, a wonderful job. His heart just gave out, and they tried to resuscitate him. And, of course, one of the things that before Steve died, they called me to, to actually inquire whether or not he had what's called a DNR, do not resuscitate order, because they had hospital records showing that he had had a very difficult time over the last year and a half. Um, and basically a DNR to me is – and I was a little surprised that they asked because – there wasn't one, and it was like, no, he doesn't have one. He's still enjoying life. Revive him if you can. Uh, and his heart just gave out, and they tried to revive him, but they, they failed. I mean, it didn't occur. And I can just – everything at Rex was wonderful. The folks were really good um, in terms of how they handled the whole situation. But, you know, uh, DNRs uh, get – confused with um, living wills or what in North Carolina is called an advanced directive for natural death. Uh, An advanced directive, and Steve had that, is very, very limited in scope and did not apply to Steve at all. A DNR is basically where you're telling the doctors it's a medical order. It's not a legal uh, document. It's where you're telling the doctor, I don't want to live anymore, so let me go and don't revive me if I get to a point where um, I need to be revived. And so what I try to tell folks with a, a DNR is never sign one unless you are praying to the Lord to take you every night. In other words, you're ready to die. That's what a DNR is for. And so now it did not apply to my brother Steve. I said, hell no, he doesn't have a DNR. <laughs> you know, he's still enjoying life. And he and even as difficult as his life has been, he he was in fact still enjoying life when he died. So um makes makes a difference. But okay, so now your loved one has died. What happens? Well, the first thing that folks need to know is with one limited exception, the person who has been in charge through, hopefully, through a power, a general power of attorney and or a health care power of attorney, the with one exception, your powers of attorney are absolutely void at the moment of death. The legal perspective is that when someone dies, then you have to go to the courthouse and become the executor or administrator of the estate. And the court gives you the authority from that point on to deal with the estate. But uh, that normally comes two or three weeks and sometimes even longer than that after a person dies. Um, you know, typically the funeral is in, within a week or so, unless there are extraordinary circumstances. And oftentimes people don't even pull out the will until long after that and when they're ready to go to the courthouse. And so that can be three, two, three, four weeks after a person's been buried or, or cremated. So the question is, who has the authority to deal with the body? Uh, well, that's where the exception to the rule, and it is the health care power of attorney. Now, if a person has made funeral arrangements, in other words, they've 
already determined what they want. I want to be cremated. I want to be buried. I want this or I want that. Assuming that there's sufficient monies uh, to do what – or it's been prepaid, which is an, a good option for a lot of folks as well, then the health care power of attorney has the fiduciary duty to do what the uh, plan has been set out. But truthfully, most people don't have a plan. So the health care power of attorney then has the responsibility to make those decisions. Okay. And the first decision is what funeral home do you use? And so for me, it was fairly easy because our family has used of the funeral home where we're from, Kannapolis, North Carolina, and there are only two funeral homes, and you know most families use one or the other. <laughs> There's very little commingling between the funeral homes, um, and so uh, we went to the the and of course the the cemetery is is very very close to the funeral home as well, and so that's our hometown. That's where Steve will be buried, and so we, you know, I, I just made it real easy and used our traditional funeral home for the family. So that was easy, but it's the health care power of attorney uh, who has the responsibility to make those decisions, and so that's something a lot of folks don't don't realize as to how it's happened. And then, of course, the the other thing too is is that uh, when a person dies, um, you know, who does the death certificate? You know, to my, I'm, I was a little surprised. You know, in the hospital they were saying, well, it might be the attending physician or it might be the primary care physician, and I'm going, huh? How would that be? Because primary care physician didn't have anything; he wasn't even around when the death occurred. But yeah, I mean, there's there's some political stuff going on in there as to who signs it. And actually, the death certificate is coordinated through the funeral home. It's uh, pretty interesting how that, that works. And so, um, you know, the funeral home has to get in touch with the morgue and, and help fill out the death certificate. And so it's... Uh, some generally, you get a death certificate in about a week to ten days. Um, but when my mother died, it took six weeks to get it, and it was because of the the there was a screw up in the coordination with the funeral home. Quite frankly, so anyway, those are just some things that occur. I've got some other points that are real important when we come back. Excellent. We'll get to those in just a bit. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. We are talking about issues related to death, Bill, and we've got uh, a number of these to get to, so let's keep going. Well, the truthfully, in terms what people can do to really assist their families in making decisions for you upon your death. And the most important thing that you can do, uh, truthfully, is to be organized. Now, the fact is, is that's important for you for a lot of different things. 
but but when you die, you're not around to make those decisions anymore. So <laughs> so uh, being organized um, is the key to to where things are easier and go smoother for your family upon your death. Um, now, my accountant friends, CPAs, and engineers out there, they're, they're shaking their heads and saying, of course you have to be organized because these people think in those terms. They are folks that have spreadsheets and everything is in nice order. And and so uh, it's just the way certain people think. And then the rest of us out there are, you know, we have messy rooms and messy offices and our files are everywhere and and it's like uh, I don't have to worry about my engineers and accountants uh, because I know they're organized. It's the rest of us who are not organized, and it's in our DNA. It's not, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know, for me, I hire people to keep me organized because my, I, you know, I'm just not organized when it comes to things. Anybody who's ever walked into my office, like, oh my god. Uh, it's, um, but I, I, I have other folks who keep me organized, and that's an uh, important thing for, for it. But when it uh, – so um, what, what do I mean by organized? Well, it's, it's not just having the right legal documents in place, although that's part of it. It's also ha- having a list of contact people. It's having a list of all of your property, all of your investment. What are your account numbers? What are who are the contact people? I mean, it can be, it, okay. It needs to be on a spreadsheet, but or at least written down and all kept together. Uh, your life insurance policies and your re- uh, need to be together with your. In other words, your important papers need to be. Together, it, your uh, vehicle titles, your boat titles, your life insurance, your accounts, your retirement accounts, and contact information all needs to be in the same place where where your loved one knows where it is so they can go to that or, organization. Now, if you're not an accountant and not an engineer – and you need help, like I do. Okay, uh, there is. We have a resource in this area that's really pretty cool, um, and it's funny. It's uh, the but preferred living solutions in Wake Forest. I, I need to actually invite them in as a guest, but they've they have a book, a big notebook that's called the Drop Dead Book. Is that not a great title? That's perfect. Uh, the Drop Dead Book. But the, what it is, it's a book to help you organize all of the things that you need to, you know, to be organized. And, of course, if you're organized during your lifetime, that's better for you, too. So, <laughs> But it's critical for the family that you leave behind that they have that information available to you and that they don't have to look all over the house or the office to find all of your important papers. And for folks who've served in the military, their military papers can be important. If they're receiving disability benefits or VA benefits, those papers are important, all to be together. Um, it, it's uh, – but uh, – so how much is this – and I'm not uh, – 
Uh, I mean, the Drop Dead book is actually extremely well thought out um, and, and a very bo- uh, good resource for folks to have. It's it's uh, well, I say fifty dollars at forty nine ninety five. I do not sell it. Uh, I would. I mean, uh, the reason I don't is because I don't want to have to report sales tax. But I do have copies in uh, my office, and you can go directly to Preferred Living Solutions in Wake Forest and and order the book directly from them. If if you'd rather come by my office and and get one, uh, I will collect the money payable to Preferred Living Solutions, and then they'll bring me another one to keep in my office to give to the next client that that wants it. But that really is a very, very helpful kind of thing. Now, there's um, uh, because, you know, it it has a lot of stuff that you would not necessarily think about. And how often do I say you don't know what you don't know? You know, that book is, uh, I don't think I could I've done it a better job on an organization book myself and so I really uh, like what they've done and and appreciate what they've done now obviously now this is something I do and people should have a last will and testament and uh, you have to sign one while you're alive and you have to be competent but if you don't have a will, it is highly likely that your estate, your property, is not going to be distributed to whom you think it will go to. So your will is an important document. Now, it's also important uh, where you can use your will to protect your spouse and your children. And, of course, trust can do the very same thing, and we love trust too. But – if you have no will and no trust to dispose of your property, um, it is highly likely that some and sometimes all of your property will go where it's not intended. You know, one of the biggest mistakes people make who are married is, oh, upon my death, if I don't have any documents, my wife will, or her husband will get everything and no problem. Well, that's not true. We have what's called intestate succession laws in North Carolina. And if you don't have a will, it basically says that your spouse gets part of your estate and your children get part of your estate. So that's not what a lot of folks intend. So if you want to control where your property is distributed upon your death, at a minimum, you need a last will and testament and or a trust document on top of that. Folks – uh, who uh, uh, are you know? We, we like trust. They're better. They're better documents at planning for for families. Uh, but wills are a minimum. You have you really should have a will if you want to control your property. And there's another piece that goes along with your will to make sure that your property goes where you want it to, and that are your beneficiary designations. And if you have life insurance. You have beneficiary designations. If you have retirement accounts, and almost everyone has those as well, you have beneficiary designations. If you have an annuity, which is another insurance contract, uh, you have beneficiary designations. Well, the thing about it is sometimes people don't revisit when circumstances change. 
For instance, you might have your spouse as your beneficiary, but your spouse dies. And then you've never gone back and said, well, who, who's next? Who, who gets my the money that's in my retirement account or gets money from my life insurance or the annuity? Um, there was a case um, a few years ago in the United States Supreme Court where uh, a man who had been married like three or four times and he was then divorced and single – he had a last will and testament, left everything to his one daughter who he had by his first marriage. And it was intended – he intended everything to go to his, his daughter. However, he didn't go back and check his beneficiary designation for his retirement account, which was a multimillion-dollar retirement account. Um, and guess what? It was left to his third wife. So – um then so there was big lawsuit between the daughter and the ex third wife <laughs> and guess who won the ex wife won the lawsuit wow. so the ex wife got the accounts and the daughter uh, got all of the taxes estate taxes that were due because of the retirement account because the retirement account by itself was far more than the estate tax exemption, what I call the coupon. Uh, so taxes were owed. The daughter had to pay them as executor, and she didn't have control of the retirement account because it didn't come to her. So she ended up with virtually nothing after having paid the attorney fees and the retirement accounts, and she lost in the United States Supreme Court. So that's the law of the land, um, and folks have to recognize that. So those beneficiary designations are extremely important. And, of course, that goes along with your planning, whether you're planning through a will or through a trust. So it's got to be revisited. It does. And, again, that all goes to planning and making sure that your documents are in order and that they're doing what you intend for them to do because uh, that's just a perfect example of doing you know 99% of the work and just that 1%. Can cost, uh, can cost you big if you're not prepared. Mm-hmm. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and we are talking about issues related to death and bill we've got about uh, a couple more minutes here left in this segment so let's get right into it well uh, there's some other things that go with organization and a part of it you know probably the most difficult for most families is it's not dividing the money that's easy it's dividing the stuff up the the personal tangible property you know, furniture, furnishings, pictures, artwork, mementos, uh, things that have value, things that have very little value but a lot of sentimental value. Um, if more than one person is, gets it, then it can be, well, I want that. No, I want that too, you know. And so uh, having a memorandum lists of who you want to get and it and it may not it may be more than uh your children it may be grandchildren it may be friends whomever but one of the things i do is i tell folks take pictures of each item because if there's a question about what item it is that you want to go to a particular person 
a picture will resolve that as to what it is. If Otherwise, you know, years ago before pictures were easy, I had to say, well, you have to really write with particularity as to what it is because when you're gone, you're not here to say, no, I didn't mean that. I meant that other thing over there. And so uh, – and the other thing about a picture uh, is it gives you an opportunity to leave stories. In other words, this is important, this is valuable, or this is uh, a unique piece because of the family history here or the – you know, sometimes it's a historical piece for other reasons. But if you don't write it on the picture, that story for most families is lost upon your death. And so it's a good way to keep family stories alive uh, after you're gone. And, and, it's, and that's, that's really important uh, for folks to recognize. Another thing that you can pre-plan and it's really meaningful to your family is writing down your desires for your funeral. And, and of course, of course the, the big one is – um, you know, cremation versus traditional funeral. But more important to the family, that's fairly easy for most families. It really comes down to where do you want your service to be? Do you have a favorite pastor who should officiate or that you would prefer officiating? What music? What scriptures? What, you know, what memorials? Uh, it, it, do you, what's your favorite charity for gifts in lieu of flowers? Things like that, if you write it down, it makes funeral planning easy for the family. And if you don't, it makes it really, really hard because then the family has to struggle putting it together, trying to figure it out as to what your desires would be, and there's disagreement about it sometimes. So it's really a gift. You know, the gift of the pictures, the gift of of what you would want for your service, it makes all the difference in the world, and it's really important for folks to do that. And you don't necessarily have to wait until you're 95 years old to do it. The sooner you do it, the actually the better. (laughs) <laughs> That's great advice, Bill, and uh, you're, you're exactly right because that is a gift, and you've talked about so many of the other issues that folks have to deal with when they're dealing with the death of a loved one, and uh, to alleviate any of that, it's it's a tremendous help as you're making those decisions. Well, we are out of time for today. I want to remind you, you can go online to WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website. You can find plenty of information there about his seminars. You can also check out his podcasts as well. You can call his office. 919-256-7000. Maybe you want to swing by and uh, get the Drop Dead book that is put on by Preferred Living Solutions. You can do that again. Schedule an appointment with Bill, 919-256-7000. We're out of time for today, but we hope you'll join us again next week. We do this every Saturday morning at 11. It's Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a great weekend.